0: trail learning. This is Blake Bowles. Before we get into today's episode, I want to let you know about a new audio thing that I've put out there called how to stay motivated as a self-directed learner. If you've listened to this podcast for very long, you know that I'm fascinated by the questions regarding motivation and how to keep going when you don't have someone breathing down your neck and how to form goals. And and so I decided this summer, I'm just going to take everything that I've learned that I think is really helpful and effective. And I'm just going to put it into a free audio workshop. So that's what I did. You can access it at blakebowls.com motivation. The runtime is just under an hour and a half, and it's split up into 12 different lessons. And each lesson has a concrete activity attached to it. So this is about doing, not just listening to me lecture. And while this can be done by self-directed learners of any age, I created it especially... For parents and teenagers to work through together. And so if you are the parent of a teenager, or if you are a teenager with a parent who's game to do something like this with you, I highly encourage you to check out how to stay motivated as a self-directed learner. Again, just go to my website, blakebowls.com motivation. Enjoy. My guests today are Anna Smith, and Mara Donahoe, co-founders of the National Association of Home and Hybrid Education, and also co-founders of Urban Homeschoolers in Los Angeles. Anna, Mara, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so first things first, Mara, can you tell us what is the National Association of Home and Hybrid Education, just so listeners can determine whether they want to continue you know, listening to this show or, or change to something
1: else? okay um well when we were having meetings and talking about founding this we were talking about the fact that um there really was no national association that represented homeschoolers that were secular and progressive and that we wanted to have a bigger voice in the conversation so that's that is where we started and we're we're in the you know we're growing and in the process of trying to link together other state organizations and homeschool groups and other kinds of alternative education that families might flow through during the education of their children.
0: Great. And I'm a big fan of this idea for sure. Uh, but just because I know you two, and, and in fact, I've, I've even run programs through urban homeschoolers from which I've profited full disclosure here, folks. Uh, I, I'm not going to go easy on you. In fact, because I know you too, I'm going to go a bit hard on you. And so here's my question, my hardball question for you, which is why do we need another association, another organization, another national body? Because when I think of things like this that already exist in the United States in the alternative education realm, I think of Aero, um Alternative Education Resource Organization created by Jerry Mintz, who's a former podcast guest. I think of ASDE, the Alliance for Self-Directed Education, which was originally formed by Peter Gray and a bunch of other people, I think, in 2017. Uh, I think of the HSLDA, the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, which has been around for a long time. And then I think of all these other state-level organizations. For example, in California, where you guys are, there is uh, CHN and HS. See, two state level organizations which help families figure out all their homeschooling options, provide legal representation. Uh, and so there are all these options out there. Why do you guys need to exist? Tell me.
2: So that's a really good question. Um, and I'm not so hard either. Um, so what I when you look at all those individual organizations, right, where everybody kind of has their niche, what they're what they're focused on, right? And to me and I think Tamara and also to uh, Natasha uh, Morisawa, who is also part of uh, founder of Home and Hybrid Education, um, there was a lot of disconnect. Um, people were doing things in their areas, but there wasn't a coming together. And so we felt really strongly that on a national level, you know, not only to help the, the parents and have resources for parents, but also to have these organizations talking to each other and coming together and connecting. You know, I know in California, you know, we're seeing a lot of legislative stuff happening um, for homeschooling and charter schools. And and under the charter school umbrella, there are um, homeschooling charter schools. Um, And we see things happening on state levels and conversations that we all should know about and be having conversations about. so that we can have a seat at the educational table.
1: Um, can I can I interrupt for just a moment? Can, yeah, I, can go I just for it, say Mark. that we the other thing that we that we have found over the years is that there's a whole lot of like, like Anna said, the niche. Everyone has their niche, and they they are very convinced that that's really the way to go. And mm-hmm. they're gung-ho on that. But but we felt like all those organizations need to come together and all those um different ways of schooling children need to support each other so that we have, we in the alternative progressive community have a voice that's bigger than just our tiny little niche of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, also the fact that what works for one of your children may not work for another of your children, or what works for one child this year may not work for your child next year. So having a better idea of what the smorgasbord of, of alternative education is, is useful to people in a big way. So
0: I want to take you up on this niche idea that the organizations I mentioned have specific niches. I'm curious what you two consider these niches to be, because I think many of these organizations consider themselves to be big tent organizations that do kind of welcome lots of of different, um, you know, diverse players. And so let's just go through one by one here. Arrow. Arrow. What is Arrow's niche, as you see it?
2: So well, I mean, Arrow is national. It's not just focused on the United States, which is what we're focusing on. I think Arrow is amazing. I've been to their conferences, um, you know, many times. Um, Jerry is, you know, I have so much respect for Jerry and the work that he's done. Um, you know, but it, it's they're looking at they're they're on a global level. Um, so that would be the difference between us, a big difference between us and an arrow. Okay. As well. Yeah.
0: I think arrow is also pretty focused on alternative schools, like, right. Like homeschooling, is. They, they give a nod to homeschooling, but I think, uh, the focus is definitely more on, on things that we can consider physical schools.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: What about yeah. ASD Alliance for self-directed education? What is their niche as you see it?
2: Again, they're awesome. I have been following along with them for years. I was super excited um, when they, they started up. Um, and and you can certainly correct me if, if you think I am wrong, but I kind of, I look at that, it's more specifically parent. It's a lot of parent-based stuff, not necessarily connecting all the different organizations together. And, you know, when I was talking about connecting organizations, I mean, like, you know, for example, the, some of the California um, groups connecting with other groups from out of state, so everyone knows legislatively what's going on. Um, you know, there are conversations going back and forth all over the country. Um, and the last I saw, that's not exactly what what they were doing. Um, but they are—I mean, they're amazing.
1: Also, I mean, I think we would like to include more people than just self you know having i think the mm-hmm. idea i'm i'm fully behind self directed education but not all the not all homeschoolers are not all people are ready to make that step um and i would like to open the door to to a lot of different you know parent selected ideas that that might get them more in you know in the realm of child led or self directed education but you know i think expecting people who have been in school the school system all their lives and all their children's lives to to immediately make the step to self-directed education is it's a big step it's a mm-hmm. it's a huge mm-hmm. paradigm mm-hmm. shift and so that's that's what i was saying a little bit before about you know that people make these different decisions as they go along and we would like to assist them in knowing what all is out there so that that they can make those steps as they go
0: Okay, so you two consider the Alliance for Self Directed Education to be large, largely advocating for highly self directed alternatives like unschooling, like self directed learning centers, like North Star, for example, where mm-hmm. where really it's maximum learner driven, uh, maximum autonomy, and it, in reality, a lot of families when they they dip their toes into this world are not quite ready for that yet like they're they're more of the eclectic homeschooling some parent driven some some learner choice and and are you saying you want to kind of create an inviting uh, safe space for for those families too
2: yeah i mean i think you know for example my work that i do at urban homeschoolers part of what i do is helping families transition from a traditional school um Situation into um, homeschooling, and you know some some are all on board with self directed education, right? Some need, people need to do baby steps. It's really h- hard for some people to make such a huge mind shift because it is it's a completely different mind shift. If you've been doing the thing, you've been checking off the boxes, and you've been going to school, and suddenly you have decided to do this other thing. You know, it can be that transition can be really hard. Um, and in California, um, you know, there's different ways to homeschool. Um, you know, not only is it more self-directed education, you know, on your own, uh, what they call a private school affidavit, but also charter schools, which um, are homes specifically homeschool charter schools, but they're still public schools, right? They're still they're still a, you know within the system but there's still a lot more freedom, right? They're still, um, you know, they're still doing at home, taking classes, whether it be urban homeschoolers or other resource centers around um, that is part of the puzzle, puzzle. And there are organizations that don't recognize that type of homeschooling, right? There are organizations out there and think, oh, well, because you're taking money from the state, you're not really a homeschooler. And as a parent who has done both the private school affidavit, which is homeschooling privately and doing the charter school, I can tell you both are homeschooling without a doubt. I, you know, yes, we had to do certain things for the charter schools. But I still felt like I was in charge of my child's education. I got we made collectively. We made a decision on what we were doing. So you know, there there needs for us, for me and I think what Mara was saying is there needs to be an organization where you can find a lot of those resources where people can come together. That it's not just one way, right? There's lots of there's lots of ways to take your education into your own hands, to take charge of your child's education, that looks really, really different. Um, And that's the, that's the, that's a representation that we, that we are going after. That's, that's not going after, but that's who we are. You know, we're really open to all types of homeschooling you know, that's healthy. I just want to say healthy and safe, right? Um, And um, consensual.
0: So you mentioned the word legislation. Also, you wanted Mm -hmm. to help connect different groups and and connect people across states in thinking about legislation uh, related to homeschooling. Well, we already have a a large organization for that HSLDA, the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, which I, I know is a favorite of both of yours. Uh, you're probably <laughs> jumping for joy in your seats right now. Um, HSLDA, uh, to their credit, uh, seems to be the organization that that did all of the big fights in the 70s and 80s to get fairly lax, unregulated homeschooling laws on the books in all 50 states. Mm-hmm. And and they will continue to represent homeschooling families today, I, if, I believe free of charge, uh, when their their rights or their privileges as homeschoolers are threatened. Um, And so why not just leave all the legislation stuff up to them?
2: Good question. Uh, Well, first off, they actually don't recognize all types of homeschooling. Um, They do not recognize, um, in California specifically, the homeschooling through a charter school. So that's right off the bat. So um, where for us, we do recognize that, that that's an avenue. Um, so off the top, there's that, um, you know, we are a secular organization. I know that HSLDA is, is, um, religion, religious based, um, and we are secular, um, specifically Christian. Yeah. I mean, specifically Christian. Yeah. Um, and you know, we believe in, um, you know, a, a wide variety of people and options and, um, and religions or not religions, um, we also believe in the parents' rights, um, the, or the, I'm sorry, the, the rights of the child, <laughs> um, and the parent, that's, that's what I meant, rights of the child, and that, um, you know, kids are full human beings and, um, should be treated as such, um which is is their, their focus is more on completely parental rights that mm-hmm. like parents have the right to um, do what they want to do. And while we feel like parents have do have lots of rights, we also feel like kids have rights.
1: Yeah. yeah and and like Anna was saying, you know we believe in in welcoming people from other religions or no religions and you know we'd like to have we'd like to have a really big tent that welcomes you know, all different genders and sexual orientations and and races and every, you know we'd like to have a very big tent.
0: <laughs> all right, thank you. Um okay, so my final attempt to to throw hardballs at you here. Um uh, the state level organizations. And so because all three of you, Natasha in, included, uh, are California based, um I know that you have a wealth of knowledge about California, but but so do the organizations HSC and CHN, and they do a lot of the same stuff that that I'm hearing you purport um, to offer. And uh, l- let me anticipate: Are you going to say, but they're only about California that they don't draw connections across borders? If that's true, why is that important?
2: It is true. I think it. I think it's if we're ever going to have a greater um, mm-hmm. co- be at the table, right, the larger table, and not just state level, right? If Those organizations need to connect to each other. We're really lucky because in California, we have have two really strong state organizations. Honestly, I would love it if every state had what we have here in California. Mm -hmm. I feel really, really fortunate. And and I think some do, but I think a lot don't. Um, But I do think that organizations, statewide organizations need to talk to other statewide organizations to support each other, um, you know, for, you know, lobbying purposes and all of that, you know, we, when when one type of organization is the only organization that is called uh, for national news about homeschooling, right? And that organization is, does not recognize everyone.
0: We're talking about the HSLDA here, not not to mince words.
2: Yes. Sorry. Not to men's words, HSLDA. And listen, I, you know, a lot of respect for the fact they did a lot of work, right? They, they have paved the way for a lot of us. Um, but it's time for an organization who recognizes all types of homeschooling. And like Mara said, who is welcoming to a diverse population and, um, which, I personally don't feel like HSLDA represents who my family is um, and other families that I know in this area. So, you know, and to be quite honest, You know, when we first started talking about this, gosh, I don't know, like seven years ago, Natasha and I started talking about this um, was because of an interview we heard on NPR. Um, And it was about something happened in California and they did have someone locally on there, but they were looking for a national voice and the national voice that they were talking to was HSLDA. And Mm -hmm. so we just felt like there needed to be needed to be something else out there that that is the go-to when when um you know there needs to be a national voice
0: so let me flip this around if there are members and supporters of the hslda who may have Mm -hmm. some some second thoughts or some misgivings or they're like we're waiting for a better organization to come along uh, come along that represents our interests do you feel like you could be that organization two members of HSLDA who let's assume are doing more conventional homeschooling for religious reasons?
1: Mara, do you want to answer that? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think, I think we could be, I think, you know, we, we've sort of talked about who, who it is that we want to represent and we've sort of boiled it down to a nutshell is, is that we're welcome. We are, we want to welcome everyone who is welcoming to everyone. (laughs) And, you know, so it's not that we're anti religious we we are secular in that we want to be able to welcome everyone and you know we're we are a much smaller organization we're just starting out i think we we've, we've been around for almost 2 years now but you know we're a baby organization compared to them so we have a lot of growing to do and you know hopefully at some point we'll be able to re- represent anyone who cares to be represented by us, basically.
0: <laughs> well, you did a good job with, with the hard balls and the curve balls. Well done. I, I am definitely signed on to your vision, but you already knew this. Uh, <laughs> so let, so glad. Let's talk about the the action plan here. You have some pretty lofty ideas and visions and you want to connect everyone across the United States. Like, how are you going to do this? What are the concrete steps?
2: So yeah, it's it does, it is lofty. And you know, we also want to be really mindful about um, you know, doing it one step at a time, right? Um, so that we can be um mindful and thoughtful about how we grow. Um, we just had our um, our very first conference with Blake. We're super excited to have you you join. Um we were really lucky to bring some really interesting um people that are doing the the work come and do a, an all-day conference um, so that was our really our big first step foray into the the wider um, population um, so that's that's one thing that we have done um, and we're reaching out to uh, people from all across the country and finding out what's going on in their areas um, we are always looking for um, volunteers um, who might have a skill set or from an area that we um, were not as familiar with that that feel like they align with us and wanna work with us.
1: Um, I was just gonna say on our website, we have uh, an interactive map that we're hoping people will add their organizations to. Um, It's a, a United States map, so you can click on your state and find out resources or add resources. And uh, we, you know, but like Anna was saying, we have we have made contact with people in DC and um, Oregon and you know various states across the country. South Carolina.
0: (laughs) All right, I'm going to go back into to grill mode here. So I'm hearing conference, I'm hearing resources and information online. Um, uh, Where are the connections going to be made between, for example, California state homeschool advocacy organizations and Delaware state advocacy organizations? You know, where is this national unified voice, which is, you know, hopefully where the NPR reporter will turn next time instead of HSLDA? Like, what will compose this voice? Why will people want to pay attention to you?
2: Well, I, you know, I think if the more people that we are, or more organizations that we um, can connect with, and like I said, with the interactive map, we, what we're looking for is doing um, conferences that are specifically for people doing the work. So instead of parents coming to those conferences, bringing people together to have um, workshops and um, conversations together to connect those different can, states. Can you be to, more spe-
0: specific about people doing the work? Because Uh, I don't know what that means. You just said not parents. Like who are we talking about here?
2: So if we're talking about like a, a, like, um, CHN or HSC versus, and I don't remember off the top of my head, some of the other, you know, uh,
0: state uh, level organizations, state
2: level, I don't remember, but let's say state level in Massachusetts or, um, Oregon, uh, people that are running, um, resource centers or, Self-Directed Learning Centers, um, the Alliance for Self-Directed Education. We would like to connect those people together um, and have big conversations, right? Where people are getting to know each other. Oh, I have some, we're, we're doing this work here in California. Um, so so I wanna share our resources with somebody else in Massachusetts or someone in Massachusetts, hey, I'm having trouble statewide with this let me see what California is doing. Right. Um, So that we, so that there is a cohesive conversations happening. Uh, Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. I mean, there are no conferences happening where like the organizers or the head honchos of different state level homeschool advocacy programs are meeting each other and forming these relationships that they can later count on in a time of, of crisis or collaboration.
2: Exactly. And like Mara said, we're in this baby, we're in the baby steps, the baby infancies part of our organization. Um, But that's our goal. Our goal is to be able to make those, um, those connections with those organizations and having those organizations connect with each other. Right. Um, And also having access for parents too. you know, someone moving from California and going to New Mexico can click on our organization or click on our, our map and say, oh, this is what's going on in that state. Right. But that is You know, I know that, you know, HSLDA has a map where you can go and click on, but it might be missing some things, right? So if someone was to click, say, for California, they would think the only way to homeschool in California would be through a private school affidavit or um, through a private school, you know, an umbrella type school. They would have no idea that you could also homeschool through a charter school, So, you know, there are layers to that. You know, we are people are moving around so much going from state to state and traveling and all of that. And so it would be great to have kind of one stop where people could, whether you're a family moving to another state, uh, whether you are, you know, wanting to connect to local organizations, uh, whether you're an organization that is, you know, Coming up against some issues locally in your state and want to
1: see what another state is doing. Um, Also, we've seen you know there've been other political hot potatoes that have gone from state to state to state. Just sort of you know like like uh, voting rights has been something that that has been it was really big in Georgia and now there's other states that are you know trying to restrict voting rights all all the way Georgia did it. So we we would like to get an organization to be in place in case things like that happen with homeschooling or alternative education. We'd like to be ready across States and not just have everybody have to create the wheel of how to, how to protect our rights. Hmm. So
0: I'm going to give you one more, like, why should you exist question? And then I'm going to, I'm going to soften it up a bit. Okay. Um, Like how do you know that the organizers of California organizations are not already talking to the organizers of Nevada or Ohio that they don't already have each other's email addresses or phone numbers and, and they don't already connect in a more decentralized organic way.
1: Well, we have, we have talked to, um, Erica Petrie Davis, who's the co-president of, um, HSC several times. And, um, she has not mentioned that (laughs) in, in any of the conversations I have had with her, Um, And, you know, it seems like we would run into people, those connections. And, you know, I've been doing, my kids are 21 and 24. So I've been pretty involved in homeschooling for a long time. I started in Washington state and I I haven't run across that. So if you're out there, Mm. please let us know. We'd love to Mm. connect with you. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Good answer. Uh, Let's dwell on the home and hybrid part again, because this really differentiates you from, all the other organizations, in my mind, uh, why did you feel it was important and necessary to include hybrid in the name of this hopefully nationwide advocacy organization?
1: Well, like we mentioned before, you know, people don't necessarily start where they end up. They, they, we. For instance, I, I, probably everybody's heard of K through twelve, which is a homeschooling program that where the kids sit in front of the computer all day and. Many people start out with that. I think Anna started with that. And then rapidly decide that it's not for them and look for something to move on to. And so we just would like to have we would like to have some bridges built between the different kinds of education that exist too. You know, unschooling is not for everybody, or it may not be for everybody all the time. It may be that you you move into it from other things, or you maybe want your, you know, you have a child who wants to be a bigger part of a community, a a school. And so you want to send them to some alternative kind of school. And so if we can can connect all those organizations to be a little bit friendlier with each other, that feels all to the good to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, people, as you know, people have a view of homeschooling of, of, you know, people that are not homeschooling or know nothing about it, you know, have this view of, um, families sitting around the kitchen table and, and doing their lessons from, you know, nine to three, which I don't really know anybody who's doing that currently. Um, and, you know, a lot of families that I know, um, and in this area, um, they work with, you know, whether it be a charter school or learning centers, it's more of a hybrid type of situation, right? Um, it's, it doesn't look like home schooling and the in the stereotypical way people think of it, um, and so we felt like naming it home and hybrid felt more inclusive to all sorts of types of ways that you homeschool or you you are in charge of your child's education um, in a non non traditional way.
0: So let me see if I can get this right. Home and hybrid is trying to become the preeminent national organization for people who want to take some sort of alternative path to conventional uh, school. And that could even involve something that's like conventional homeschooling for a while, or doing something hybrid with your local public school that still looks a lot like following the the mainstream curriculum, but you can do it more at your own pace, you can have more flexibility, and you can get some dollars to support your home-based activities from the local school district. All the way down to the radical end of the spectrum of like radical unschooling, super democratic free schools, agile learning centers, et cetera. Like yes. you want to become a one-stop shop for, for families who want to explore this whole spectrum of alternatives.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that we don't ever want to be the place that someone comes to and says, I want to do this thing. I want to homeschool. And we say, okay, this is the way you have to do it.
1: Yeah. Right. Right because uh, anti-dogmatic
2: <laughs> yeah. there's lots of ways to do it you know i i often tell people you know it's going to look completely different your the way that you're doing it is not going to look the same as somebody else because you are a different family um and even within your own family different kids are doing things in a really really different way um so i think you know for us it's You know, showing that there are options, you know, being a resource of saying, look, there are all these different ways that you can do it, um, that you don't have to pick one way to do it. And also know, too, that if you start one direction, that you don't have to stick with it. If you start with a, you know, a charter school or if you start more of a traditional sitting at home, homeschooling, conventional way. You don't have to stay with that if you don't want to. You can switch gears and and that's great. Or if you start unschooling and you decide, you know what, we want a little bit more structure,
1: that's awesome. Here are some more, here are the resources. Um, Or if you have one child who has an IEP and needs extensive help from a public school system and you have another child that wants to be a radical unschooler and that works for them, then within that family, all that should be possible and, and work
0: so you two are are really battling against this this idea of siloing within alternative education. Like you really have to mm-hmm. choose one model, one identity, and stick with that until it completely destroys your family, and you choose a different model. <laughs> see That's if that right. doesn't destroy your family. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. Uh, I have a thought experiment for you two. Imagine it's ten years down the line. Uh, Home and Hybrid has become a massively well-funded organization. Uh, the sky is the limit. You've got funds, you've got members, you've got the attention of all these different state-level organizations. What do you do? What is what is happening? Mm-hmm. What what are your 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 grand plans that you would love to enact in this situation where anything is possible?
2: Honestly, I want to be part of the political conversation about education. I think that, I think that we are, it's very divided, like, you know, for example, in California, it's very, very, very divided, right? One party votes one way and another party votes the other way. There's no conversation. They don't really care. Doesn't matter what's presented. They're going to stick with their this is this is what their platform is, right? And there's nobody at the table that is really part of the conversation about hybrid education, homeschooling, and alternative education, right? You know, there's a, and there's a misconception about homeschooling. You know that, well, I think it, it's it's becoming a misconception. You know, homeschooling is, you know, I feel very privileged to the fact that I could homeschool. Extremely privileged right that that my family could make this decision there are ways that families who that would t- you know typically it would be more difficult for them to do it two parents working or you know whatever their situation their situation is right there are ways to make it possible for families to actually have a choice you know, and and um, be able to choose an alternative path and not forced into one way of educating. Right. Um, And, you know, in California is is and I I, we talk so much about it just because we live here and we're the most familiar with it. Right. Um, But for example, the charter schools, charter schools in California has allowed families many families that would not have normally done it or felt like they could do it, the opportunity to take charge of their child's education. Even though they're under the umbrella of a public school, they have a lot more freedom and a lot more uh, ways to, to help their kids and customize their kids' education by using a charter school with public funding, right? So when they're fighting against that and wanting to clamp down on that, you know saying that we need to have the you know this all the they're taking money away from the schools and this should only be the one option and you know traditional brick and mortar school should be the only option they're taking away they're taking away these choices for families that 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 and giving them no option right
0: hmm.
2: um I think it has to be an option. I think it has to be an option for more people, right? I believe in a strong public school system. I think public school system should be strong. I believe in good private school options. I think that they should be strong, but I also believe in strong homeschooling options, right? And not just for people with money and their means, right? It should be an option for for a bigger group of people.
1: What I was going to say is... um, everything Anna is saying. And like, I I wish that we were 10 years in right now and could be, you know, like a year ago, a year and a half ago when the Mm -hmm. pandemic started, I got really excited because it was, you know, a Mm -hmm. possibility, it was this moment where education could have changed profoundly and worked better for kids all across the board. And instead it was a, a pretty big disaster as far as I can tell, you know, I mean, I have a sister who lives in a very wealthy suburb of of Boston, and her kids did fine. But so many places where you know there's there's less income and people, you know, don't have internet access or don't have, you know, and and all the people who were thinking that that they were homeschooling now because their kids were sitting in front of a computer all day and and how you know, we've tried to, in our small way, say, that's not what hardly anybody does that we know of who homeschools, that we are, we are out in the world for the most part, interacting in, with each other and the larger community. And, and it just was this moment that I feel really sad that we didn't have a bigger voice to say, hey, try this to the people in the legislature or the school boards or, you know, nobody was asking us, it'd be nice to, to have a, a big enough presence that we could push for some more alternative education options.
2: It's interesting because because you brought up the pandemic is that you know one of the issues that hit was happening here and i think happening all over the place but um you know schools were losing kids right? right because of um the in, the inequity of the internet and devices and all that right and kids also checking out because families are stressed. There's a lot mm-hmm. going on. Parents are losing income, losing their jobs. It was hard. And um, and so schools, the school system, the public school system were losing kids. Um, and so what they did here in California is they were um, figuring out, a quickly figuring out a way to not lose the kids, um, but not looking to the- Not to lose
1: the funding.
2: Well, it's really not to lose they don't want to lose the funding but also i mean you know i will be i will yeah. say there are i'm sure teachers who don't want to lose your kids right so yeah. one of the one of the issues is is that because the public charter schools here are under one umbrella you've got the homeschool public homeschool charter schools right that that are um they often say they're virtual schools but basically homeschool charter schools and then the brick and mortar charter schools So they're clamping down to make sure they don't lose any students and they're clamping down for all the schools, charter schools, whether you're a brick and mortar or a homeschool charter school and the, and the decisions and the, and the laws that were being, that were being put in place were not appropriate for the homeschool charter schools. The homeschool charter schools weren't losing students in that same way because they were operating basically the way they had been operating beforehand, right? They weren't. It was a completely different situation. And so instead of looking at the, the dis- different types of charter schools or different types of educational models, right, they just did this blanket, okay, well, everybody has to do it this way now, right? Because we lost these students. Now we all need to do the exact same thing, whether it's appropriate for that model, you know, that model or not. And it's, to me, it's maddening. Um, because it's starting to hamstring parents, um, you know, to be, to and teachers for that matter, you know, to teach, you know, the homeschool, the homeschool charter teachers, right. They're having to jump through these hoops that they didn't have to jump through before because from what I see is that a lot of it had to do with the public schools losing students because of the pandemic, And like Mara said, there was no conversation and no rethinking really in a in a workable and organic way how to make changes with what they were already doing. Right. And there's so much fear about the way about losing the fund, the financial resources, which I understand with the public schools, right? Every time in California a kid is absent, the school doesn't get money. Um, you know, teachers have worked really, really hard with very little resources and often have to do their own supplies. And so they're holding on to a little bit of, of what they had.
1: As Natasha would say, we would love to make the whole education pie bigger. And so that we are not all in this, this like. famine uh, mentality that we that there's right. that there would be plenty of money for educating all children. So, and, and more choices about how to do
0: that. <laughs> so it strikes me that you're trying to do something that's very difficult, which is take this centrist yep. position. And you want to advocate for charter schools, both brick and mortar and virtual, while also advocating... No, really for- just...
2: Honestly, v- and I hate to interrupt, virtual. I mean, I, honestly, the charter schools, at least in California, and I can't speak to any other, the charter, the virtual charter schools, and the and the Brook and Warner charter schools, they need their own advocates. They yeah. need their own identity. They should not be lumped in together. They don't have the same things coming up. They don't have the same needs. They need to. It, that, that's a whole other. Okay.
0: Can, no, that's yeah. that's helpful. So so hybrid means public school, homeschool, hybrid charters Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay that's helpful still you're trying to take this centrist position you're trying to bring together disparate groups especially on the left right political spectrum um i want to ask since you two have been running urban homeschoolers which is a, a physical organization based in los angeles which i'm sure draws uh people from all over the the political spectrum like, what has your experience been in in trying to bring together disparate groups just within the the, the little microcosm that we call Los Angeles?
2: Honestly, it's been pretty awesome. It's I mean, <laughs> just it's to be great. totally frank, you know, we do we have a lot of different kids from different backgrounds, and I and you know, with the pandemic happening, we got even more. You know, we got more kids that were, um, you know jumping ship and and trying something different this year and some have stuck at it actually this coming year and some went back to you know with schools opening up we have families from all different types of backgrounds that come together we are a community um you know regardless you know yeah. of your political affiliation or Um, you know, sexual orientation or gender or religious background. And like Mara said, you know, about um, home and hybrid is true with urban homeschoolers. We are, we would like to be inclusive to everybody else who is, everybody's inclusive, right? You have to be kind. You have to teach people with respect. And, um, and I think we've been pretty successful that way. I mean, clearly we are not for everybody. Um, (laughs) And that's OK. Not one organization is a or one learning center. One organization is going to be for everybody. Right. Um, but we also know that we are not the only way. We know that there are other organizations or other groups out there that may be great fits for other people and other families. Um, I tend to be kind of a centrist.
1: I was just going to say, and if we think that we know somebody who'd be a better fit for someone's family, we send them there. We We do recommend. Yeah. And, but we also, it's a community, you know, we, we, we do things with families a lot and we, you know, we just try to bring people together as people and not, you know, we try to leave politics out of it as much as possible and just welcome the people who are there and, and appreciate the kids and the parents. And I just think people are looking for that in a big way, especially maybe in Los Angeles.
2: And I will say, you know, specifically to urban homeschoolers is, yes, we do we do leave the political piece out of it. And also, um, you know, we do do social justice type yeah. of work. We do facilitate things like that happening and those conversations happening there. Um, we're very open, um, about, um, you know, being inclusive and, and, um, we don't tolerate, um, closed mindedness. I don't even know what else, and I'm not (laughs) sure how else to say it, but, you know, we, we are who we are and we're a good fit for some people. I think for a lot of people,
0: (laughs) All right, before this turns into too much of an advertisement for urban homeschoolers. Yeah, sorry. Which, which, which it could, because it's a great organization. Thank uh, you. Tell me what the role of parents is or is going to be within National Association of Home and Hybrid Education. Because I, I have a cl- pretty clear vision uh, of how, for example, state-level organizations could people could come together and meet and connect to be better national level advocates. I can imagine parents going to your website and accessing resources, especially if they're transitioning between states. Um, but is there a role for parents within your organization that, that's more active? Just, you know, if they're not involved with, with some serious state organization, nor are they just trying to consume information?
1: we are happy to have volunteers. we would love to have more members. Um, you know, and, and I would also say that lots of the people who run state organizations and learning centers are parents. So <laughs> mm-hmm. that, you know, we would be happy for any contribution, big or small. If you, if you just want to join us for $10 on our special deal right now, or a little bit more as we go down the road, um, Great. If you want to volunteer information from your state, great. We'd love that. If you want to, um, you know, as we we get branches around the country, you want to be our contact person, we'd love that. There's lots of ways for people to get involved.
0: And they can do that by going to homeandhybrideducation.org.
2: Yes, homeandhybrideducation.org. Um, and our general email address is info at home and And
0: a real person will write them back if, if they send an email. Yes, to that
2: a real person will write
1: them back. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: And then we also have an Instagram and Facebook. They can they can jump yeah. on and, and join that. On our Facebook um, page, we actually last not this last summer, the summer before, um, we did a series of, um, of talks. We talked about you know, different types of homeschooling um, resources and things like that with some, some awesome speakers. Um, so they can jump on and look at our past um, recordings. Um, and like Mara said, if they, if they join um, Home and Hybrid, they can have access to pa- our past conference. Um, Also get information about the next one coming up, which is has not been scheduled yet, but is but is percolating and in the works. Um, So those will be good opportunities for parents to connect. Um, And you know, if you if parents have ideas of what they want to hear um, and who they, you know, who they would love to hear speak, we would love to get that feedback um, because our whole purpose is to serve other people.
0: Is there anything else you want to say about Home and Hybrid to get out there in the world uh, while you have this, this platform for a hot second?
2: Sure. Um, I, you know, come check us out. Um, and we would love to, to meet you, to have a conversation, um, to see how you could become involved in home and hybrid education. Um, we feel strongly that there are power in numbers. Um, yes. and you know, the more of us that come together, whether they be, um, you know, families, parents, or, um, state, um, or, specific organ not even just statewide but other homeschooling
1: type of organizations we would love to hear from you um, park day organizations which we have in California but if you live in a state with lots of snow you probably don't have probably have some <laughs> other name for it um, right park days learning you know learning centers we would love to have all all contact with all those people
0: well you have a fan in me and I think you have yeah. a very ambitious vision and it's me going do. to be a, a long, uh, uphill slog for you, but a, a meaningful slog. And that's, that's what life is made of more or less as far as I can tell. So, yeah. uh, I, I I wishing, I'm wishing both of you and Natasha, uh, the best of luck. And, uh, I hope that this conversation, you know, adds a little bit more fuel to the fire to keep it going. Thank you. Blake.
1: you. Thank
2: you for doing this. It was great.